Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Questing for the wind. The wind bloweth where it listeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Ghost. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and last week we talked about a little verse that is very important. It's the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. After righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you don't hunger for more of God, don't worry about it. God's going to be a gentleman. He's not going to come and force himself on you. But if you want more of him, he's more than happy to show up on your behalf. He really, really is. He really, really is. He'll knock, but you've got to open the door. And when you open that door, he said, I'll come in and sup with you. That means I'll take everything you got good and bad from you, and then you can sup with me. You can take everything I got good from me. And so when God takes our cup, we take his cup. Boy, I like that transaction. I love that transaction. Amen. So the Lord bless you. Tonight, I'm going I'm to leave you 365 of them. There's 365 fear nots. Everybody say fear not. There's 365 in the Bible. So... One for every day. So when God starts invading your life with his precious presence, all I'm going to ask you to do is fear not. Just don't fear. Because anything that God does to you, it will make you better than you were before he got a hold of you. Amen. So I'm not going to be lengthy tonight. I want you to turn to somebody and shake their hands. I'm going to help the pastor. Say, pastor, preach to us tonight. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach the word tonight. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach the word tonight. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. I love you. You may be seated. God bless. Sunday morning, we're starting a brand new series called Live 10. From John 10 and 10, you might want to read John 10 and 10 this week. Amen. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And we're going to talk about faith without limits. Amen. So I'm speaking tonight again about the Holy Ghost or if I can modernize it, the Holy Spirit. The word from the Old Testament translated as spirit is the word rosh, which means a wind or a breath or a violent exhalation. In the New Testament, the Greek word translated as spirit is the word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, which means a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong breeze. So tonight, I speak again, once again, about the power of of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, folks, we see the power of the Spirit working in countless different ways. The Holy Spirit one time gave Joseph skill to rule over Egypt. 
The Spirit gave Joshua military power. It gave two unknown men in the Old Testament the power to work in their crafts. It gave words to prophets to speak over God's people. And one time the Holy Spirit came upon Gideon and it gave him power to lead the people of God into battle and win a war with only 300 men. And in Judges 14 and 6, as hard as it is to believe, the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson, (laughs) even though he had problems with his character. Samson had power with God so that he tore a line apart with his bare hands. 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 6 shows the words of Samuel to Saul, the prophet to the king. He said, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed. Everybody say changed into a different person. So it lets me know that the Holy Spirit has a way to exact change in our life. The New Testament sees the power of the Holy Spirit everywhere. In fact, Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. The angel told Mary when she wondered how this would be, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that holy thing which you shall conceive shall be called the Son of God. Say amen. When Jesus gave his life for us and then he was buried, the Bible says he was raised again from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he promised his followers that he would send them a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He called it the comforter. He said, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. The same wonderful, powerful spirit is available to everyone in this world today who believes in Jesus Christ. I want to stop and say right now, if you are living beneath the power and the privilege of the Holy Spirit, It's time for you to step out of your adjacent possible and get into a realm of spirit-filled living. God wants to do more than just walk with you. He wants to do more than just walk in front of you. He wants to do more than just have your back. He wants to do more than just work over here on the right side. He wants to dwell in you because Christ in you is still the hope of glory. Amen? Say amen to that. So... If you have your Bibles tonight or if you have some notes, you might want to take notes. I'm going to have some things that you might like that I'm going to say tonight. So you might want to take notes. I didn't give you paper. I thought you might bring some. I saw people with notebooks tonight. I want to give those people a hand clap. They had notebooks tonight. They come in here. And and I looked. They didn't go up to Dave Ramsey's class. They came in here. Thank God for people that want to take notes on what the Word of the Lord says. So in Acts, the first chapter, we're going to start here tonight. As As you're doing that, as you're kind of turning... Don't go there yet, but as you're turning there, I'm curious how many of you that are Christians, that are believers, how many of you would say, I know someone who's a Christian that seems to have more spiritual power than I do. I know someone like that. Or sometimes you'll see other people and they seem to have just a little bit more of something than you do spiritually. And you look at them and say, where is that coming from? When they pray, their prayers sound so powerful, and you think, if I were God, 
I'd answer their prayers. <laughs> Amen. Others you're in conversation with, and they can quote a Bible verse for everything. And you're saying, how did they do that? How'd that happen? Or something happens, goes wrong, and they're not shaken. They're not bothered by it. They seem to have this real, deep, spiritual assurance. And you think, how do they seem to have more power than I do? The answer could be that they do have more power than you do. The answer could be that there are people sitting around you that are more surrendered to the power of God. Because I'm going to say it right now. Might as well just go ahead and break out of this closet. Let me say it right now. You're not in control when the Holy Ghost is in your life. When the Holy Ghost is in your life, He will lead and guide you to all truth. You're not the one in charge. The one in charge is the baptism of the Spirit. And many times that's why people won't surrender their heart and their life to the Spirit of the Lord. Because when he comes in, he don't take second chair. He's first. And as long as we keep him on the outside, we can do what we want to do and still claim him as our Lord. But when he comes in, when he comes in, everything that's unlike him just gets out. Amen? Because he's going to take charge. He is the first chair trombone player. He's the first chair tuba player. In fact, there's no second chair. You surrender everything you have to his will. Clap your hands and say amen to that. That's what you call yielding yourself to the power of God. I remember when I was seeking the Holy Spirit when I was a kid. I'd have one lady on this side saying, just yield to him, son. Just yield to him. Have somebody on this side say, turn loose, son. Just turn loose. Turn loose of what? Somebody else say, hold on, son. Hold on. It's almost there. I was praying for a little boy in the altar one day, and this woman came up and said, yield to the Lord, son. He said, Jesus. He thought she said, yield. Any of you would like to go on a Holy Ghost trip? A Holy Spirit. Come on. You'd like to do it? Here's what you got to do. You got to take second chair, give him first chair and say, God, whatever you want in my life, here I am. I'm yielding myself to you. I want everything you've got for me. If you want to fill me up, if you want to run me around this church, if you want my hands to be in the air, if you want me to jump up and down, whatever you want, if you want me to speak in a heavenly language, if you want me to love my neighbor, if you want me to love my wife, I'll do anything. I want your presence in my life. It's called yielding. It's called yielding. It's called yielding. Let me explain. Remember when we bought this property next door right over here? Remember? Remember all the trees in the house? We had some people tear that house down. And they're members of this church. That house was gone before we could bat our eye. But then we had all those trees over there. And some of them were big around. And we wasn't supposed to cut any more than eight inches. But somebody forgot the measuring tape. City of Austin, we love you. Thank you for not coming out during that time. But Damon, my son-in-law, <laughs> did the cutting and the cleaning of that land. So he put his gloves on. He got his shovel in his hand. He got his, he got his chainsaw, and he sawed those trees down. But they could not be cut so low 
are, are, are too low with that chainsaw because the chainsaw would get in the dirt and it would mess it up. But one day I came to work and there was, a, there was this steroid tractor out there. It was an excavator on the property and it had this big boom. And Damon had written it for one reason. Try as they all might, try as they might, he and his men could have never gotten the root system or gotten that land totally cleared without having something stronger than manpower. They would have been digging right now, tonight. So many trees, so many root systems, but here came this excavator. And it pushed the root system. I saw one, of them, I saw one, I saw one leave. I saw one root system leave, and it left in about two minutes. It got, it got a hold of that root and started pulling back, and all of a sudden that thing just said, okay, I give, I give. And the root system just came up. They cut it down. They loaded it in the truck, and it was gone in minutes. That excavator was a tractor on steroids, and it was doing more in just a little short time than Damon and all of his staff could do in months. Pushed the roots out, cut the trees down in segments, the tractor loaded them on a truck, and boom, the lot was clean. Christians all over the world today are putting on their little gloves, taking out their shovels, and are saying, we are going to live a Christian life. And they strive and they fight and they battle and they don't get very far. Why? Because they're trying to live the Christian life in their own strength. When a far greater power is available to them. The Bible says to those of you who believe in Christ, you have access to the very same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Here's what I want to tell you. If you will allow yourself, you have the same power available to you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh, I want to teach now. So in Acts 1, the context, Jesus had already died on the cross. He rose from the grave and he was with his disciples having a conversation with them before he would ascend to heaven. And here's how it went down. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, verse 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, He gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized, watch this, with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Greek word translated here as baptized is the word baptizo, B-A-P-T-I-Z-O. And this word means to immerse, to dunk you under the water. That is why when we baptize you, we don't just sprinkle you. We don't just spit on you, a little bit of shower, bless you. We immerse you and put you under the water. You're going to get this now. And to those who are really bad, we hold you under a little longer. We want to see the bubbles, baby. (laughs) Let it all go. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He didn't say you were just going to be filled. He said you were going to be immersed. You were going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say I'm just going to come and bless you a little with my spirit. I'm going to overwhelm you. I'm going to duck you. I'm going to immerse you with the Holy Ghost. 
And then he said in verse 8, But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and ye will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah! This word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, where we get our word for dynamite. It means a force, a miraculous power. And it's explosive power of God. And when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will have the explosive power of God in your life. So who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to his disciples. That's who he was talking to, who for the last three and a half years hadn't got much right in their life. Never one time did Jesus say, man, you guys have great faith. Wow, I can't believe I get to be here with y'all. Never said it. But over and over he said, don't you guys get it? You are with me and you still don't have faith. Peter said, I'll tell you what, Lord, them other guys don't have it. They're terrible. But I will never forsake you. I'll never leave you. And just before the cross, he denied the Lord three times. And at the cross, only one of 12 originals showed up. Eleven were, ten were cowering somewhere in a locked room and one contemplating suicide. But after resurrection, Jesus walks into the room, shows himself to them, and they don't even believe it. They said, the women told us, but we still don't believe. Thomas heard from others. He said, I still don't believe. i got to see it for myself. But then Jesus is saying, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit so I can make ordinary people Become extraordinary by one thing, by the spirit that I'm going to baptize them with. Are you with me? So what we're doing here, it's not just about signing a card and saying a creed. It's about saying, Lord, I want to be baptized in something that takes me out of the ordinary and makes me extraordinary and makes the enemy think that I am living on steroids. I want him to know when I come in his direction, I'm not walking in my power. I'm walking in his power. I want the enemy to know that I am not by myself anymore, but he that dwells in me is greater than he that's in the world. I want the enemy to know that there's something greater in my life than what he can throw in my way. Amen. So tonight... Tonight, I want you to take your little gloves off, put down your shovels, because the excavator's coming. The earth mover. We're made of dust. The earth mover is coming. And he's going to get some roots out of us before this thing is over in four weeks. We're going to get some roots out of us called bitterness and strife and anger, jealousy, that Holy Ghost is going to be an earth mover in our world. Are you with me? Let me hurry. Tonight I want to give you four distinct qualities the power of the Holy Spirit wants to give to all believers. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives you power to share Christ boldly. Say amen to that. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 in the NIV said, My message, Paul's preaching, and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on the power of God. Amen? Paul was saying, I'm not the best speaker around. I'm not eloquent. But when I showed up, the Spirit's power was there. 
I stand with Paul tonight. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not eloquent. But God can take my words and by the power of the Holy Ghost speak directly to the need in your heart. Because that's what God does. I remember my first revival. It was at a place where the youth department started at 50. The youth was 50 to 62. It was an old church. And I stayed with a little woman named Ida Wisby that was 85 years old. And she had prayed preachers through to the Holy Spirit on her back porch. And she gave me counsel every night on my preaching. And it wasn't the best. She said that sermon needed help. One night. Another night, she said that wasn't bad. Another night, she said, that was better tonight. And my question was, better than what? What do you have to compare my preaching to? And I said to her one night, listen, that was the Holy Ghost preaching tonight. She said, not all, because it would have been a whole lot better if it was the Holy Ghost preaching. (laughs) That was the night I put my tie on the table, and I didn't realize the Bible was there, and my tie landed on her Bible, and she wore me out. She said, your tie will never stand with the word of God. Get that tie off my Bible. I couldn't beat her. She was 85. She was smart, but she didn't believe the astronauts landed on the moon either. So she had a little problem. So I must have improved because the next place I went to, a man came up to me and said, that sermon would have been awful tonight. That that would have been an awful sermon without the anointing of the Holy Ghost on you. Well, thank you. I don't know if that's a compliment or what. But I want to thank the man for telling me that he thought I had an anointing on me. He said, you said nothing, but the Holy Ghost said a lot. Thank you, sir. I'll take that. So I got this phobia, and I couldn't give an invitation. I couldn't give an altar call. I couldn't. I was so scared. Sometimes I would preach with my eyes closed because I was so scared of preaching. I was having a hard time when I first started preaching. I thought nobody wanted what I preached about, so I let let the pastor give an altar call, give the invitation call, and he would, and many would come and receive the Holy Ghost, and many would come and be saved, many would come and be baptized, and the enemy told me nothing you said mattered. God used that pastor to do the work of the Spirit. You don't even matter. Then one day a pastor laid hands on me and declared boldness. He said, you will have boldness. Can I tell everybody here that may be new here, we believe in laying on of hands in this church. We believe that. We believe in the power of transference of the presence of God. If God Almighty has touched me, I can lay hands on someone and God can touch you in the name of the Lord. I believe that with all my heart. You need healing? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if they've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven them. We believe that the laying on of hands is more than just a ministry. It's a doctrine in the Word of God. And that man laid hands on me, and I received his spirit. And all of a sudden, I got bold in my preaching, bold in my living, and bold in my calling, and bold in my soul winning. And at the next revival, I went to a dance hall slash bar pulled out a chair, set it up in the middle of the hall. And when the music stopped, I stood on it and declared there was a church one block away that if anybody wanted Jesus, they were welcome. I was preaching there. Maybe a little bit too much. Was led out of the hall by the owner and bouncers. But the owner was crying because he was a backslider. I wouldn't advise you to do that here in Austin. (laughs) But I never was afraid again. Never. 
I've been able to stand before leaders and important people with boldness. Because there's something inside of me that is stronger than anything that I'll ever face in this world. Because I have been baptized by the Holy Spirit of God. And I want to tell everybody in this building, you don't have to duck your head when somebody asks you if you're a Christian. You ought to fire back. You mean you're not? And don't you be ashamed of the Holy Spirit baptism in your life. Don't you be ashamed of that. Because it's the greatest gift you could ever receive from Almighty God. And when they fire at you, you mean you're one of them. Yes, I'm one of them. The power of God dwells in my life. The grace of God has overwhelmed my being. I've been born again of the water and of the Spirit. I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. When you witness, witness with boldness. Not overbearing, but boldness. When you pray, pray with boldness. Believe that you're one of God's kids because God hears prayers. He really does. As they say on TV, seriously, he really does. He hears your prayer. The second thing he will give you is power when you're weak. Say power. Power. When I'm weak. Romans 8 and 26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. In other words, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, when you are so weak that you can't even know how to pray, you can pray in the Spirit and the Spirit makes intercession for you. Wow. Wow. I don't know what to say, but oh. And in that, oh God, in that feeling of groanings, wordless groans, the Spirit is saying, I'm talking for you. I'm speaking for you. Because I know you're too weak to even pray for yourself, but I'm going to talk for you. They need healing down here. They need deliverance down here. They need a son to come home down here. They need a daughter to be rectified to the Lord down here. They need a marriage to be healed down here. The Spirit makes intercession for you. I think I want something like that in my world, amen. I want something like that in my world, amen. Get the shovel out of your hands. Get the gloves off. You can't do this on your own. You got to have help. Use the work. I used to work out at a gym on Lamar, and I met some big guys. There was a guy I used to go to church here on that gym. I, used to, I met some big guys. I met the undertaker there. I wasn't ready for him to take me out, but I met him there. And one came up to me one day and said, I used to be a little guy. And I thought he was lying, but he showed me some pictures. Amazing what a little workout can do. I had this trainer. I finally went up to another, I went to a, a real nice gym up the road, and somebody paid my, paid my tuition, paid my way, and I got to go to a nice place. I don't even want to mention it because it's so up class, upscale. And I, when he quit paying my bill, I left it. I'd like to thank him for quit paying my bill because I was really getting buff. I had this trainer named Justin. He goes to church here. He used to finish the workouts with what we call a burnout. And a burnout is a set with light weights, many repetitions. 
And something happens when you start doing those light weights. You just start pumping as fast as you can, you know, boom, 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 boom. And you say, I'm going to do 20 of these. And, and you get to about 15 or so, and you said, oh, God, I'm dying. <laughs> and this is just, you know, 40 pounds. I'm dying. And you said, I'm going to do 20. And when you get to about 17 or 18, something kicks in. I don't know what it is. It just kicks in. There's just something kicks in. And you say, I can do 30. <laughs> Hurt my arm on that one. Praise God. The second wind comes. I hate to say it, but I backslid from those routines. The Bible speaks of building up your most precious faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know what some of you need? Some of you need to quit making your petitions in your flesh. You need to start leaning on the Holy Ghost to make your petitions. Lord, help me. Uh, uh, and watch God. I was made aware of two men this last week. Now, now, now please, don't get, don't get offended at me. Don't put them up yet. Brother Josh, but don't get offended at me. Please don't get offended at me because I'm going to tell you the story of these guys, okay? The first guy I'm going to show you, just a second, Josh, just a second. First guy I'm going to show you is a guy named Ronnie Coleman. He's been Mr. Olympia for eight years. He's won Mr. Olympia more than Arnold Schwarzenegger wanted, okay? Now, I'm fixing to show him to you. Now, he's not fully clothed, but I'm sure all of y'all, when you watch TV, you see fully clothed people all the time. And the kids are next door, so it's an adult crowd. But I'm going to show you Ronnie Coleman. I want you to take a look at this. Pop him up there. There's Ronnie. I used to look like that. There was a day you wouldn't want me to pull my shirt off. Because I and Ronnie... We're just like that. Show another picture of Ronnie. Show another picture of Ronnie. That's a bad dude. You hear me? Can I tell you, he's going to a spirit-filled church right now. God has got a hold of his heart. He sits on the front row of my buddy's church up in Fort Worth, and he loves God. And you know who brought him there? Show my next buddy. Show Corey. Show Corey. That guy right there brought him. He's probably going to be Mr. Olympia this year. Now, he don't have a shirt on. I, I'm sorry, Corey. Forgive me. Move on to the next picture. Amen. Real quick. You ladies, close your eyes. Okay, that's enough. Shut him down. Okay. Now. I put those pictures up there for a reason. Corey Matthews. Corey Matthews. God, you're going to love this story. Was born to a prostitute in Las Vegas was raised by two prostitutes in Las Vegas, was a little guy, little wiry guy, didn't have a whole lot going for him, and he got in trouble with the law. His uncle was the man that created the gang, the Crips. You've heard of them. They don't like the bloods. And so Corey, Corey gets in trouble, has a lot of stuff going on in his life. Now, I'm kind of giving you the preface because Corey is coming to talk to some of our young people. He won't look like that when he comes, but he's coming to talk. To, I'm going to have him come talk to our young people. I just found out about him this last week, and I already love him. I already love him because he got in trouble with the law, and when he went before the judge, the judge 
was going to sentence him to 40 years to life in prison. And the judge looks at him and says, Corey, there's something about you. I just can't put you in prison. I just think you've got a greater calling on your life than the jailhouse. But what he didn't know, stay with me, what he didn't know is about six weeks before then, Corey had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his life. Don't tell me the Holy Ghost don't work. And he gave him a probated sentence. And the judge looked at him and he said, if I ever see you again, you're going to prison. So what did Corey do? Corey went out to the streets, got him a little old junky PA system, and went out with that PA system and started having street services. And since he was a gang member, he started witnessing to a lot of gang members. And their altar was the pavement. And many of them came to the Lord, were baptized in ponds, received the Spirit of God, got saved in their hearts, turned their lives around, and became Christian gang members. And so the gangs started quitting fighting. They'd come up and say, hey, brother, how are you, brother? Good to see you. And so the people of Las Vegas, the leadership of Las Vegas said, we've got to do something to bring our gangs under control. And said, we have heard that there's a young man preaching on the streets in Vegas and converting gang members right and left. We need to bring him in and talk to him. We need a peace treaty among our gangs. And several years ago, they brought all the gangs in. They signed a peace treaty. They signed a peace treaty. You know why? Because many of them, had received the baptism of the Spirit in their life. Amen. Folks, that's exciting to me. God can turn any situation around when you yield yourself wholly to Him and His call. Amen? You know what Corey's doing today? Sunday, the preacher that's my friend up in the Arlington area was down preaching in San Antonio and Corey Matthews is the assistant pastor of that church now. And when he comes to church, he brings half the gym with him. The pastor said, I don't worry about anybody coming in bothering me. Because all of them look like Corey Matthews. But here's what I'm trying to tell you, folks. From a little old wiry kid raised by prostitutes to a preacher of the gospel, don't tell me the Holy Ghost doesn't work. Don't tell me the Holy Spirit doesn't work. Why are we going to stop short of what God has for us? Come on, clap your hands. It's time to let God do everything he can, everything he wants to do for us in our life. So the day that Corey was invited to the luncheon, he went in and saw all the dignitaries of Las Vegas, and he turned around and looked face to face to that judge. And the judge said, I told you if I ever saw you again. And he reached out and hugged him. Proud of you, Corey. I knew something was in your world and it touched my heart. God, the Holy Ghost can help us in our weakness. Paul was begged God three times to take the thorn in the flesh away. And the Lord finally said in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. 
and my power is made perfect in weakness. He said, therefore, will I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. You know what I, you know what I, you know what I, I want to say tonight? You, you see Ron and you see Corey there. I think when a person is full of the Spirit of God in their life, their spirit looks like that coming at the devil. You don't want this big boy. I may be grinning, but I'm winning. Third thing that the Holy Spirit will do, he'll give you power to have hope in a hopeless world. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow. Everybody say overflow. With hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. You see this water bottle right here? It's half full. Most people live their life just like this right here. Is it half full? Is it half empty? And it's all positive mental attitude. It's half full. So I can win today because it's half full. But sometimes you really do need an overflow in your life. Sometimes you need something more than just thinking that this is a half full bottle. Not a half empty bottle. And so when you... When, when, you, when you overflow with hope, that hope has got to be in God because anything else is limited. You with me? Other people are limited. When you hope in yourselves, you're limited. When you hope in circumstances, you're limited. If you're hurting, if you're afraid, put your hope in God. If you lose your job, continue to hope in God. If someone you know is sick, hope in God. Amen? Let the Holy Spirit be the healer. Let the Holy Spirit be the comforter. Don't just say, you know what? I think you're going to be all right. Put your trust in Almighty God. Hope in the Lord. It's the anchor of the soul. If you lose someone who's close to you, put your hope in God. I did a funeral for Brother Carl Ashworth yesterday. Many of you folks did not know him. Our church has grown to a propensity that many people don't know many people. In first service, if you come to second, or second, if you come to first. But Carl Ashworth was a good man. And I buried him yesterday, and I'm about three minutes from finishing. But I buried him yesterday. And I watched his precious wife. Oh, she cried, she wept. But there was a peace with her that was absolutely beyond understanding. She wasn't, she wasn't fretting. She wasn't anxious. She came to me and said, Pastor, for 15 years he battled with kidney problems and he battled with diabetes and he battled with all those machines, dialysis. She said, Pastor, no more. She said, I looked up today and I saw that my Carl wasn't going to hurt anymore because he's with the one that we've worshipped all of our life. That's the hope that I'm talking about in your world right now. Amen? 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 Paul said, we don't grieve as others have no hope. And then the final thing I want to talk about, and I'm, I'm a little pressed for time, but please let me just speak one more word here. The Holy Spirit will give you power to experience all the fullness of God. Everybody say, all the fullness. All the fullness. I believe so many people have reduced Christianity down to the lowest common denominator. Basically, Christianity for so many people today is, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I did the Jesus prayer thing. Yeah. I checked the box right there. 
maybe got baptized. I joined the church. I read the Bible every now and then, and then maybe kind of a, a lot, sort of, and I try to be a good person. There's more to it than that. There's more to the fullness of God than that. So many Christians really don't look and act much different than the world. I'm going to say that again. So many Christians really don't look and act much different than the world. So many Christians are still hurting. They're still addicted. They're still filled with worries. They're still broke. They're still struggling. They're still failing in life decisions. They're still struggling in their marriages. There's no real faith. There's no real victory. Why, why, why? Because sometimes there's no power. God wants you to live above those things that have pulled you down in your life. Amen? Everybody say, I'm called out to be brought in. God called me out. The ecclesia is the called out ones. The church is the called out. He's called you for a purpose. He wants to fill you with his spirit. Amen? I want you to put your hands up here and clap real big. I'm almost finished. Paul prayed for the Ephesians. He said, I pray that, of his, that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power. The power comes through the Spirit. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. Why? Because you need this power. And I want to quote this. That you may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses the knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Folks, if you're going to buy the house, you need to go to visit every room. You need to check out every room. You need to go to the basement. You need to go to the attic. You need to go to every closet. You need to check it all out. If you're going to live this experience with God, you might check out everything he's got for you. Amen. Well, I hadn't checked that room. I'm going to check that room out. Go check it out. It's liable to be a blessing to you. I'm going to check this one out. There might be healing in that room because you are in the family. You're in the body of Christ. And you're a wonderful person. But you need immeasurable blessing on your life, not measured blessing. You need immeasurable blessing, not measured blessing. You need the immeasurable blessing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Say amen. Randy, help me. Many of you wonder, is there more to Christianity? There's got to be more than doing the big bad stuff and trying to do some good stuff. These answers, yes, there's more, there's much more. There's a constant presence of God through the Holy Spirit that you can have with you and in you that will manifest fruit of the Spirit like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That you can be led by the Spirit, walk by faith and not by sight. That you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory in your life. You can do it. You can do it. I was seven years old when I came to the Lord and gave the Lord my heart. I was nine years old when he filled me with the Spirit. I will tell you this, without the Spirit of Christ in my life, there are things that's happened in my life that I could have never gotten over. 
I would have fallen into the drinking pit. I'd have fallen into the drug pit. I'd have fallen into perhaps the agnostic pit. Because it was so tough sometimes to get up. But the Holy Spirit led me to the fullness of God when everything was going wrong in my life. Let me tell you something. Don't ever be afraid of what God has for you. Don't ever be afraid of what God has for you. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is the real thing. Amen. Amen. Get your hands up. Listen to me. I'm a believer unquestionably. But I may not be living with this power Pastor talked about tonight. I believe it's real. I want it. And if there's more God for me and He has more for me, I want that. But he that hungers and thirsts for righteousness shall be filled. I'm tired of hurting, I'm tired of addictions. I'm tired of practical struggles. I'm tired of sickness. I'm tired of diseases and pain and divorce and separation and stress. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I want the Holy Ghost to help me, Pastor. I want the Holy Ghost to help me, Pastor. I want to be led and blessed and filled and yielded to the Holy Spirit in my life. Because it's not words that break the yoke. It's the anointing. It's the Spirit of God that destroys the yoke. God Almighty wants to bless you in these Bible studies. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and love the Lord a little bit here tonight. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.